0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to trash
1: talk with TK. I'm TK Tom Kelly in this episode, we'll talk about the Phillies big 16 inning win over the Dodgers on Tuesday night, thrilling game, Chase Utley saying goodbye to the Philly fans and Eagles training camp is Finally back. We will discuss all of that throughout the course of the episode. Let's go. Last night, Phillies win a big one against the Dodgers. Uh 16 innings. Trevor Plouffe of all players. Uh walk off Homer. Phils win it seven to four and a tremendous win. When you look at that game and the fact that the bullpen came in, in what was it, the 6th or 7th inning? They come in that early on, pitch lights out, Arano, Austin Davis late, Pat Neshek, how about Pat Neshek actually filled up the throwing and inning there. We'll get to him a little later on. But just a great win. And I, just as a viewer, as a fan, there's not much better. Than a late night extra inning game like that. I know a lot of people have to get up for work in the early in the morning. I have kind of a different schedule, so I don't really have to um, worry about that quite as much. Sometimes, but my schedule's always changing. But I love those games that are marathons, go six hours plus. You know, you get to the point. Dodgers get to the point in that game where they need to use Kike Hernandez, a position player. To pitch. It's so cool when position players come into pitch. Normally they come in to pitch in blowouts. When a position player needs to come in to pitch in a legitimate close game between two first place teams, I think that's so cool. And a really good win. I don't care that Trevor Pluth hits the game winning homer off Hernandez. I don't think it cheapens it at all the fact that you win it off a off a utility player. Yeah, would you rather get to hit off of a legitimate pitcher? Of course. It would probably mean a lot more. But a win's a win. And when we look back at the end of the year, we're going to look at that game and we're going to say the Phillies won a marathon game with the Dodgers in 16 innings. We're not going to remember that Kike Hernandez was the pitcher who gave up the game-winning homer. And, you know, the Phillies just continue to hang in there. Despite really, in a lot of ways, not... Not doing a lot of things well. Again, some poor defense last night. The bullpen, which was bad early in the season, they've really developed. Those guys have really developed, and and that bullpen is much better now than it was before. I still think they need a piece or two, without a doubt. There's still a lot of young guys in that pen that I don't know if I'd, I'd trust a ton in September and hopefully in October. But they're a lot more solid now than they were a few months ago. And I feel a lot more comfortable now than I did a few months ago when Gabe Kapler needs to make a pitching change. I feel like they actually have guys now that can come out and can get the job done and keep them in ball games. But the fact that they went two months of the season with a bullpen who couldn't get anybody out, the fact that this lineup has... For the better part of this season, underperformed. When you really look at it, the the, the lineup has not been great all year. Michael Franco has carried this team over the last six weeks. Reese Hoskins getting hot again. Odupa Herrera is a streaky player. He'll have stretches where he's great, stretches where he can't hit. But other than that, you know, and Cesar Hernandez has been pretty good. But other than that, the rest of your lineup has been subpar. And the fact that you're Lineup has been nothing special. Your bullpen for half the season so far has been nothing special. The other half, they've been decent. The fact that this team is double digit games above 500 is really remarkable. And so much of this team's success, we've said it time and time again, and I know people like to criticize them. I don't get it. I think it's because it's a lot of the old baseball crowd, which I can't stand that love to rip on Gabe Kapler, Gabe Kapler has done a phenomenal job. And right now, if I had a vote for manager of the year in the National League, I'm voting for Gabe Kapler. Without a doubt. What this guy has done with a roster that is not special has been nothing short of incredible. A lot of it due to his moves, his, his um, philosophies. Some of the things that he, you know, will do during a a game that may not be the classic way to go about it, but, hey, Gabe Kapler is not afraid to do things that aren't normal. Do things that are different. And I think that's to be respected. And I think the players really, really respond to this guy. I think that's... That's the biggest thing that can't go overlooked. The players respond to him. You see, Ploof hits that homer last time. First thing he does goes in the dugout, gives Gabe Kapler a big hug. You can overlook that kind of stuff, but the bottom line is these guys respect him. These guys have responded to his approach to managing. Gabe Kapler said he was going to wrap his arms around these guys. He's going he's gonna to love them up. He's going to really kind of embrace them and and encourage them. And it's worked. It has worked. A manager doesn't need to be, you know, a disciplinarian all the time. He doesn't need to be a drill sergeant. Sometimes the guy sometimes the approach that works especially in this new age of sports is encouragement and you know positive reinforcement, which he always does. He won't rip players. I know that bothers some people in the media. I don't I don't have any problem with it because when you don't, when you don't rip players and you're constantly encouraging them and you're constantly being positive, that rubs off. It does. It's hard for the old school baseball people, the old school sports people to understand that. but players have changed. personalities have changed. And I love the fact that Gabe Kapler, has connected with these players. It's the biggest reason for their success. And this team's a legit competitor at this point. Now, as far as them going to the playoffs and making a deep run in the playoffs, they need help. The team has overachieved dramatically so far, and they deserve a ton of credit for that. But when you look at this roster... And you look at what they have. You look at this team. They need some help. They're not going to be able to hang on and win this division. They're certainly not going to be able to make a deep playoff run if they don't improve this team. As I said, the bullpen has been much better of late. There's still not enough reliable guys back there. You know, you trust Arano. You trust Dominguez. Nishek, but he's not. he's not dependable. Because he only pitches when he feels like it. Tommy Hunter's been a little better, but I don't know how much I trust him. Adam Morgan, I don't trust a little bit. Austin Davis has looked a little better recently. But you need a bullpen armor, too. And it's incumbent on Matt Klintak to go out and get his manager, get his ball club some help, because they need it. The biggest area, the bullpen, certainly an area they could use some improvement, but they really need help on the bench. This team is has no depth whatsoever. I think it's their biggest weakness right now. The fact that you have your starting lineup, which is decent, you could still use another big bat. I just don't know where you put him. Because, you know, all the a lot of the guys, a lot of the big bats on the market that are available are third basemen. But right now, getting a guy that just plays third base doesn't help you because you're out taking Mike Alfranco out of the lineup. Michael Franco over the last six weeks has been one of the best hitters in baseball. And he's, you know, a real good bat in the middle of that order. So Matt Clentac certainly needs to go out. I would look at, at Escobar from the Twins, a guy who can play second base, guy who can play shortstop, middle infield, kind of move Scott Kingery out of the lineup back to that bench utility role. Scott Kingery just has shown, you know, he's still going to be a good player. I really believe that. I just don't think he's ready to be an everyday player for a team in a pennant race right now. I mean, that's a tough thing to do in your first big league season. But you need a guy like that who can step in, play the middle infield, and you need some more bats off the bench. I mean, you look at this bench. They just have nothing that they can go to. You know, you look at the bench. You got Plouffe, a big hit last night, but he's not a guy that is going to strike fear in opposing managers hearts you have mitch walding mitch walding 0 for 14 with 10 strikeouts you know you, you don't have anybody you have andrew Knapp. you don't have anybody off that bench that can that can get you a big hit i think they kind of envisioned it would be either aaron Altair or nick williams that one guy would step up and seize the job the other guy would be good in that role Nick Williams sees the job. Aaron Altair has not performed, and Aaron Altair, as a result, has been sent down to AAA. Hopefully he can find his swing and come back up and be an asset in September. But right now, that there's nobody off that bench that you can really count on to get you a big hit when you need it. So that's an area where Matt Klintak needs to improve. Starting pitching is another area where there's been a lot of speculation about Cole Hamels, Jay Happ, a couple former Phillies, whether they could be on their way back. Maybe. But I think I can roll with the current starting rotation. You know, you got Nola, you got Eflin, Velasquez, Pavetta, and of course Jake Arrieta. You know, that's that's not the best rotation. Pavetta and Velasquez, kind of scary a little bit at the end of the year. Guys who, again haven't pitched in those kind of high-pressure situations. But it's not the biggest need for this team. If you can get a guy like a Hamels or a Hap cheap, yeah, i consider it. But the bench is the biggest area of need for this team. Matt Klintak needs to go out and get some guys who can hit, get some guys who can provide some punch off the bench and some punch in this lineup when other guys need a day off. Or, or, you know, guys who can spot start at times. Because right now, this lineup is not good enough. And if they don't improve this team, this lineup will not be good enough to keep this team in contention and win a division. The other big story involving this Phillies uh, series with the Dodgers this week, uh, obviously, the final farewell for Chase Utley in Philadelphia. Chase Utley, obviously, one of the greatest Phillies in the franchise's history, certainly one of the greatest Phillies in my lifetime. The best era of Phillies baseball ever was 2007 through 2011. That team was so incredible. It just brings back so many great memories. You know, me me being born in 1987, 31 years old. That was the first team I ever saw win a championship. And they're going to have a real special place to me. And I think a lot of sports fans in this town my age, just how much joy they brought over the, those years. I mean, it was a great time. I had Sunday season tickets to the Phils from 2008 through 2010. And it was so fun going down there every week and, you know, going to so many games and we get tickets to... Every uh, one game per playoff series. And going to so many great playoff games during that era. I was very fortunate. To where I got to go to some amazing games. I was at the uh, CC Sabathia game two against the Brewers. Game five when they won it in 2008. Where Chase Utley will never forget that play. Just makes one. The classic Chase Utley defensive play. The fake throw to first throw home to get the out, and keep that game tied for the Phillies, and then they go on to win it. And it was just incredible. And he was, and we we hear people say it about him all the time, but it's true. Chase Utley is a shining example of how baseball should be played. The way that guy busts it, night in, night out. He never took a night off. Never cheated you on effort. Always, you know, dead ground out. Nothing he can do. He's still busting it down the line. And it is amazing to me that after all these years, who would have thought that of all those guys playing on that team, that in 2018, Chase Utley would be one of the only ones left Chase Utley is the only position player from that team still playing. And how crazy is that? When you think back to 2012, 2013, when his knees were so bad, his knees had had degenerated so bad. Remember he was taking ground balls on a chair at third base, just out trying to preserve his, his knees for a few more years? Somehow he made some tra- changes to his training regimen. He worked his butt off, and he's still playing in 2018. All the rest of those guys, Howard, Victorino, Rollins, Jason worth all of those guys are gone. All those guys are done. And I find it remarkable Chase Utley is the one that's still playing because it certainly didn't seem like that would be the case. Back in in 2012 when his knees were just in such bad shape. But a great all-time Philly, and just seeing Chase Utley on the field brings back so many memories. And it's great that fans chanting for him and cheering, you know, for him to be put in the game last night and booing Kike Hernandez when he comes up the bat. But I did have major issue with what the fans did in the 12th inning when Chase Utley did pinch it. So, Chase Utley pinch hits, gets a single to cheers. And I get that Chase Utley's beloved. And I get cheering Chase Utley and, you know, honoring him. But you can't do that. You can't do it. You're in a pennant race. You're in a race for the division. This is a huge series. Chase Utley's not on this team. Chase Utley, you know... He's a Dodger now. And I think he would understand. Uh, Cheering him getting a hit in that spot. I didn't like it. I think it's kind of disrespectful to the current Phillies a little bit. The fact that, hey, you're in a real race for something. Okay, if if you're not in it and you're 15 games back, that's a different story. But you want to win this game. You want the Phillies to win this game. And I think Chase Utley would understand that. I think that's why Chase Utley knew it was a big spot. Every time he's come to the plate, he's pretty much tipped his cap to the to the fans, especially his first at bat of games. He didn't do that last night. I think the reason he didn't do that is he understood, not right now. Right now, they're the enemy. And it was too big of a spot at that point in the game to worry about you know, honoring Chase Utley. And I think Chase Utley didn't have time to worry about being honored at that He wanted to get a hit. He wanted to help his team win the game. I'm not saying, you know, I'm fine with you cheering him coming to the plate. But when he gets the hit, you can't cheer that. You can't. And I thought that was really weak of a lot of the people that were at the game last night. But that aside, I really am happy that Chase Utley decided to announce the fact that he was retiring at the end of the year before the Dodgers came in for this series to give the fans in this town an opportunity to honor him, an opportunity to say goodbye. Because he is one of the most beloved players I've ever seen in this town. Chase Utley, in my lifetime, he ranks third for me as far as athletes that I have loved in this town. Number three is Chase Utley, number two is Brian Dawkins, and number one is Allen Iverson. And when you look at those three guys, the reasoning I think I have them in those positions. Why I admired all of them so much is they never cheated you on effort. They always gave you everything they had every every game. AI, maybe not so much during practice, maybe not so much off the floor, but when Allen Iverson was on the floor and he was in the game, he was giving you more than any athlete I've ever seen. And same thing with Brian Dawkins, same thing with Chase Utley. They wanted it so bad. Played their hearts out all the time. And it's going to be sad when Chase Utley, you know, is gone. And this, I'm recording this right before the Thursday afternoon game or the Wednesday afternoon game, the series finale. His last time stepping on the diamond at Citizens Bank Park. And it'll be sad. No doubt it'll be sad. One of the greatest Phillies of all time. And if the Phillies don't win the World Series this year, I really hope the Dodgers do. I would love to see Chase Utley get a second one before his career is over because he's definitely deserved it. And I think he's a Hall of Famer. The debate, you know, he's a kind of borderline. I think Chase Utley's a Hall of Famer. When you look at the longevity, you know, the fact that he was able to play these last five years, yeah, he has not been great for the Dodgers. But he's contributed to that team enough where he's still on the roster. And the fact that He's been able to play this long. You look at his numbers, he's right there. And when you look at him in the history of second baseman, he's one of the best-hitting second basemen in the history of baseball. I think Chase Utley's a Hall of Famer. I can't wait for him to come back here. I think his numbers should be retired, along with Jimmy Rollins, along with Ryan Howard, along with Cole Hamels in this town. They're the four guys from that era of Phillies baseball whose numbers I'd retire. I think they all earned it. And now before we wrap up, I do want to give a little preview here. Training camp starting. Veterans and rookies reporting today. First practice tomorrow. Talk a little Eagles football. We finally made it. Eagles training camp starts on Thursday. Rookies and veterans both report today, Wednesday. And I can't wait. I'm so excited for football to be back. It feels like it's been forever since the Super Bowl. It's weird. It feels like it's been forever in some ways. It feels like it was, you know, just the other day in other ways. But it's going to be an unbelievable season. This Eagles team, they have a real chance. This team has as good a chance as any I can remember to repeat. I am a little worried. I do think some people think it's going to be a lot easier than it may be. It's never easy, man. It's not. Yeah, the Eagles look like the clear... Best team in this division. I'd agree they are. But it was only two years ago. Cowboys 13-3. You know, the Giants have improved. I still, I'm not that worried about the Giants because I just think Eli Manning is done. I don't know why, you know, people still think Eli Manning can get the job done. He's been cooked. The Redskins are, the Redskins are pretty good. Alex Smith from Kirk Cousins. Not a huge drop off there. Pretty much a lateral move. Kirk Cousins probably a little better. But, Alex Smith is a competent NFL quarterback. Be interesting to see how he fits in with that offense. But this Eagle team is in a good spot. The players that are coming back, the big leaders on this team that weren't able to uh, fully enjoy the championship—Carson Wentz, Jason Peters, Jordan Hicks, Darren Sproles—these guys who were not able to be on the field when this team won the Super Bowl—it's got to eat at them. And I think this year it can really serve as a Motivating factor to have those guys, you know, guard against any possible complacency. I, I don't know if this team would be complacent per se. It's just hard. And I talked about it on my show on 94 on WIP last weekend. It's hard to summon that energy in consecutive years. It really is. That's why you very rarely see teams repeat. That's why the New England Patriots, for as much as you hate them, it's why they're so impressive. Every year they go deep. They never suffer any kind of a letdown. I don't think this team will, but I'm telling you, doing that week in, week out, two years in a row is very difficult. It is very, very difficult to summon that energy. But I think they can, and I think those players guarding back, uh, coming back will really help this team in a big way guard against any kind of a letdown in that regard. And you know, The big story is going to be Carson Wentz. And everybody's going to have their eyes on Carson Wentz. Every move he makes at training camp will be scrutinized to the nth degree. He's that great of a player. Think about the fact that Nick Foles, the guy who brought back the first Super Bowl in history of this town, played two of the best games I've ever seen in the NFC Championship game and in the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz is so good, nobody even wants to see Nick Foles play. After doing that, that is how amazing Carson Wentz is. And we'll see. I've kind of thought he would, you know, there's a chance he'd play week one. The more I'm seeing, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I think he probably won't. Because I don't think they really need him to. You know, why not sit him the first four to six weeks, let Nick Foles play, let Carson Wentz get fully back to 100%, and then he can go. But it, it, uh, it's tough because if he's ready, he's going to play. And if he's ready, he should play. It's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles handle it, though. And we'll know more as the next few weeks go on. As Carson Wentz, you know, starts to up his workload in camp. Report is from Chris Mortensen that he's not going to participate in 11-on-11 to start training camp, which isn't surprising. Nobody expected that, but. We'll see right off the bat what Carson Wentz is doing. It's going to be very interesting to see. Doug Peterson will speak tomorrow afternoon. That will be very interesting to hear what Doug has to say. I'm sure many of the questions will be about Carson Wentz and how his rehab is going and what he will do to start training camp. But it's going to be fun. Preseason is going to be fun. I love seeing the position battles. Really interested to see how the cornerback situation plays itself out with Sidney Jones coming back. Because Sidney Jones, this guy's a top-ten talent. He's going to get on the field. You know, and Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby, I thought both overall did a pretty good job last year. So it'll be interesting interesting to see how that works out. Uh, to start out in minicamp, Sidney Jones was playing in the slot nickel. Wouldn't surprise me if if... Maybe Jalen Mills moves in there. Maybe Jalen Mills is used as a guy who moves all over the place. I love Jalen Mills. But maybe he could be better in that role than on the outside. We'll see. But it's going to be a fun camp. And it's going to be a mob scene down there. Everybody's going to be so excited for the season. I can't wait for regular season football to start. But training camp and preseason is a nice little appetizer. It's a nice little appetizer for us before... The main course. But it's going to be fun, and it's going to be a great season. I think this team has a real chance to repeat. Look around the division. As I said, I don't love the Giants. I think they're better, but I just don't trust Eli Manning. I don't think they are going to be back in the playoffs until they have a different quarterback. Eli's just done. He's old. Not the same guy. I do worry a little bit about Dallas. I'm not going to lie. They were 13-3 and two years ago. People forget that very quickly. But they were the talk of this division two years ago. They were the team everybody thought was going to run the NFC East for years to come. Their defense isn't good, but if they can get back to running the football with that good offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott and have Dak Prescott throw off that, and I do think Dak Prescott's a pretty good quarterback, they could be scary. And then when you look around the conference, there are a lot of good teams in the NFC. In the North, Minnesota and Green Bay. Green Bay getting Rodgers back. They're always scary. Minnesota. Largely the same team, except they upgraded a quarterback from Case Keen to Kirk Cousins. So they're tough. Detroit is a decent team. In the South, that's a loaded division with Atlanta, New Orleans, and Carolina. I don't like Tampa Bay. But three good teams there, and then out in the West. You got the Rams, who we'll see how all their new additions work out. Seattle is always tough. And I'm telling you, San Francisco is a good, young, up-and-coming team with Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's going to be interesting. We'll see how camp goes. We'll have live reports from camp down at 94 WIP. And that'll do it for Trash Talk with TK. I'm Tom Kelly. I will be on 94 WIP this weekend, Saturday into Sunday, 2 to 6 a.m. Would love to talk to you then. Thank you guys
0: for listening. See you later. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.